<laughs> well, praise the Lord. Amen. I tell you, it's already been worth it. If the preaching's a dud, you've already been blessed. So you ought to put a smile on your face and praise the Lord. Amen. Turn, if you would, to 1 Kings chapter 22. We're going through just preaching from the prophets uh, during the, the summer here. 1 Kings chapter 22. Many of you have asked, uh, how can we, uh, we, we'd like to get copies of the, or we'd like to get sermon notes. And uh, I just wanted to, by, by next Sunday, if you have the app, or you can go online, uh, you can sit here and have the main parts of the sermon uh, on your iPhone or iPad or, or Android, whatever, so you can follow along with the sermon. They, they've tried this before, and uh, what you got to do is, that means I have to have the sermon completed before Kay leaves here on Friday, and that ain't happening. I can just tell you that right now. That is not going to happen. But they figured out a way that an idiot like me can go on there and put the notes in. So if you don't have the app for Woodland Hills, you really ought to get it. It's an iPhone or Android, either one. Uh, you, can, you can just tap that little darling and it'll show you the prayer request up to date right now to the very moment. It'll show you the calendar. It shows you how to get a hold of us. It, uh, Brother Case's blog is on there. I'm, I'm going to have a blog one of these days. But, uh, uh, but uh, the sermon notes will be on there. And, and so it's a great tool. I hope you'll make yourself aware of that and uh, be, be part of that. Now, I know a lot of preachers don't like you using iPhones or and all of that. I don't give a rip what you use. Uh, the, the Word of God is what's inspired. It's not the book. It's not the pages. It's not the mechanical thing. It's the Word of God. And He promises it'll never come back void. And we learned that this morning. 1 Kings chapter 22, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand please in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient Word? And they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth and Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria? And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art. My people is thy people, my horses is thy horses. In other words, we're with you. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. Verse 6, Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides these 400 that we might inquire of him? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There's yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him, for he did not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Father, thank you this morning for how we've been blessed thus far, and we ask you to continue to just open the gates of heaven. May the word come alive in our hearts and in our minds, and God, what you have for us today, help us not to turn it away, help us not to laugh it off, help us not to rebuke it, but God, may we take what you have for us today, apply it to our lives 
to become better soldiers of the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Jehoshaphat is the good king. Ahab is the not-so-good king. And he comes down. Uh, Ahab here is speaking about a, a great prophet, and he conjures up a plan to go to battle, to reclaim the land that's really theirs, and, and all of this is good. But Micaiah was a leading prophet of his day. And I want to tell you, prophets were not that popular. They're still not that popular. Folk who tell you the truth and tell it like it is are not that popular anymore. Uh, but this, as far as I can tell, is the only prophet in the Bible that somebody actually says, I hate him. I just downright hate him. Now, Billy Sunday was, is one of my heroes, a tremendous evangelist. He was a ball player, drunk, and got saved, and he was a tough man of God. He said this, he said, as long as I've got teeth, I'll bite sin. As long as I've got fists, I'll fight sin. As long as I've got feet, I'll kick sin. But when I'm footless and fistless and toothless, then I'll gum it all the way to glory. Now that's the kind of guy I'm talking about right here in Micaiah. Uh, he's my kind of guy. He's got backbone for the cause of the Lord. Micaiah tells the truth no matter what. And uh, I just pray, God, help us to be that kind of person. Now, I know we got to do it in love, and I know we got to do it in grace and mercy and all of those things, not be rude and crude and all that. But I'm just telling you, our world needs to hear the truth. And uh, there are other prophets there. They're false prophets. Uh, verse 5, Jehoshaphat says, hey, I'm with you. And, uh, I, I, but, but, but don't you think we ought to uh, get a word from God? Now, I'm going to tell you, folks, that's always important. We need to get a word from God. The things that we do on impulse usually end up biting us. I mean, have you been there and got that little puppy and he's licking your face and you think, he is the cutest thing in the world. And on impulse, you buy that dude and 10 months later, he's 175 pounds and eating up the furniture? All you did, somebody did, amen. All you did on impulse. So God speaks through his word. He speaks through the still small voice. And if you're perceptive to the word of God, he'll even speak through your circumstances today. So God speaks. He wants to give direction. He's not trying to hide. So he said, can we get a word from God? And if you don't have a word from God, you ought to wait till you get a word from God. Not doing anything uh, is not what you're doing when you're waiting on God. Some people think, well, I'm going to wait on God. That means I just sit in my chair and do nothing. Oh, no. You're working harder waiting on God than you are when you know what God's will is. You're praying. You're fasting. You're seeking the face of God. And you want God to speak to you. Now, Jehoshaphat said, let's get a word from God. So the king's got a bunch of these prophets. They're on retainer over here. It's always nice to have 400 men of God. For, well, they're prophets. They're false prophets. But there's 400 of them. And he calls them. He says, sure, let's get a word from God. So he calls these 400 guys and says, hey, guys, I've been thinking about going up here and fighting Ramoth Gilead and taking back that land. Should I go or should I just hold off? And they said, oh, king, go. The Lord will deliver to you all of this land. Now he's got four. Now Jehoshaphat wasn't born last night. He was born at night, but not last night. And he said, "Look, four hundred preachers agree on the same thing. Bless God, they ain't Baptist. I can tell you that. <laughs> you couldn't get ten Baptists to agree on the same thing. And yet there's four hundred of them. They said, "Oh yeah, go, King. That's what you need to." He said, "Isn't there somebody else that might 
we might inquire that, that knows the Lord? He said, yeah, there, there's one more guy. But I hate him. I'll tell you right now, he's not going to have anything good to say. We dealt with this guy before. He's doomed, gloom, agony on me. That was a little pun in there if y'all didn't get that, all right? <laughs> uh, he wants confirmation. So Jehoshaphat said, hey, go, go get him. The king says, I hate him. He never says anything good. Jehoshaphat says, don't say that, king. Let's hear what he says. Let me tell you something, folks. A Christian is not only known by the company they keep, but they're also known by the enemies they make. In this day and time that we live, for you to be loved by all people is a pretty good sign you're not taking much of a stand for Jesus. Because I want to tell you, the Word of God speaks straight, and it will hack people off. They, they don't want to hear it. I, I thought when I started preaching, I thought, man, I'm just going to say the Word of God. People are going to come out of the woodwork to hear it. They just want to hear the truth. No, people want to hear the truth as long as it does not pertain to them. If I'm preaching about your neighbor, you're sitting there shouting, Amen. Read the book of Amos. You're shouting, Go get them, go get them. But boy, when you bring that thing in and, and plow close to the corn, suddenly we don't want to hear that. I hate him, he said, because he never says anything good about me. It's not that he, he doesn't, uh, he's not that he's crooked, he's not that he's non-sensitive it's not he just doesn't say what the king wants him to say so they go get this guy go get this guy and uh verses 9 and 10 they they go send after him there and said you guys go get him the king of israel called an officer and said hasten micaiah the son of imla and the king of israel and the king of judah they're sitting on their thrones there, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets prophesied before them. <laughs> he said, go get them. Bring him here quickly. Uh, now, what, what you got here, the Bible says that they continue to prophesy even before them. You see, uh, I, I think, man, how am I going to say this and not be just idiot? Uh, I, I, I want to be creative. I, I want to color outside the box sometimes. I, I want to do those things, you know, and that's what everybody tells us. If you're going to grow a church, you've got to be creative. You've got to color outside the box. You can't do the same old thing. People are not going to sit and listen to preaching. They're not going to hear gospel music. They're just not going to be a part of that. It's just not going to work. And this guy... In verse 11 and 12, look what he does. Zedekiah, the son of Chenina, made him horns of iron, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, with these shalt thou push the Syrians until thou hast consumed them. This old boy is coloring outside the box. And all the prophets prophesied, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. They're having a rally while the guy has gone to get Micaiah. They've come up with this horns and all of these things here. They've colored outside the box. It's creative. It's done. I want to tell you, the messenger that goes to get Micaiah in verse 13 spoke unto him saying, Now listen, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. We all agree. So he said, Let your word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them. Speak that which is good. 
Do yourself a favor, Micaiah. Don't stir up any more trouble. Say something encouraging. Micaiah, why don't you get up and tell the king, obstacles are opportunities. Micaiah, maybe you could get up and tell the king, your problems are possibilities. Or maybe you could get up and say, king, oh, great king, something good is going to happen to you today. Maybe you could get up and say, the earth is pregnant with the possibilities. Well, he doesn't do that. That's the first point. Be truthful. Be truthful. Would to God we could just be truthful. I mean, you know, Brother Steve, you did a great job singing. I'm, I'm, that's truthful. I'm, it didn't, wasn't that great? Amen. Now, I know we, we're in a Baptist church, and, and we're trying to be good. I've heard some people get up in pulpits and sing, sound like a calf being born in the middle of a hailstorm. <laughs> and people say, oh, that was just so wonderful. Don't encourage people like that. <laughs> I'm just telling you, what's wrong with being truthful? Now, listen, we're big boys and girls. We ought to come to a point, you say, well, I can't tell them the truth. That's going to hurt their feelings. Why should the truth hurt our feelings? We need to be truthful. Listen to what Micaiah said. Micaiah in verse 14 said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. In other words, I'm going to tell you the truth. You know why Micaiah needs to tell the truth? He's, he's not going to tell people what they want to hear because people don't need to hear what my opinion is. People don't need to hear what my observation is. People don't even need to hear what my cute little talks and devotions are. People need to hear a word from God. And that's what Micaiah says. As the Lord liveth, whatever the Lord tells me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Be truthful. What they need is a word. Don't, don't borrow a word from man. Uh, you can, I get my sermons from all over. You could trace them down to about 10 different men, I guess. When men preach better sermons, I'll have them too. But you never go and just get one sermon and just preach that sermon. Now, the reason you don't do that is because all y'all got the internet too. And so you'd know that. But I remember reading about this young preacher, his first sermon, and he wanted to impress his church, and he was preaching on having love in family relationships. And he was just nervous like a cat on a hot tin roof. He was just nervous. And he read in the paper where this famous preacher was coming to a nearby town. And he thought, I'm going to slip over there and hear that guy. Maybe what he says I can use in my sermon. And so he gets over there. And sure enough, man, right out of the bat, that famous preacher gives an illustration. And it, it's about love. And it captivated the people. He said, wow, that's good. God sent me here just to hear this. That famous preacher got up and he said, the sweetest, most wonderful, loving woman I ever held in my arms was another man's wife. And then he paused and said, it was my mother. And everybody just, oh, isn't that precious? Isn't that sweet? Everybody captivated. So he gets up that Sunday morning and he, he starts out and he's nervous. He said, the sweetest, most wonderful, loving woman I ever held in my arms was another man's wife. And the people just, oh! They were so shocked. He got a brain freeze. A mental block. 
And he said, for the life of me, I can't remember who she was. <laughs> you, <laughs> you get in trouble by borrowing somebody else's word when you need the word of God is what you need. Amen? Wow. Now, in verse 13, the messenger tells him, as I mentioned, Behold, the words of the prophet declare good unto the king. There's a tremendous temptation to compromise. And there is in this world today, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't trade places at 63 or 64 years old, however old I am, with Brother Case at 29 or 30, however old he is. I wouldn't trade places with you. Man, I, I don't, I, some of us old folk wouldn't live in this world today. We'd, somebody'd shoot us. Somebody shoot us. But I want to tell you, there is a tremendous temptation because all the other preachers are preaching what people want to hear. Why don't you just, that's what he's saying. Hey, all these other prophets have already said this is all right. So you just go ahead and go with the flow and tell everybody, I'm here beating my brains out studying the word of God and I've got a few hundred people and some of them not really wanting to hear nothing. Here's another guy in town. He don't even read out of the Bible and he's got 25,000 following him. It's tempting to say, look, if you can't beat them, join. I mean, this, this guy gets up and he says, hey, get in touch with your inner self. I'm okay. You're okay. All dogs go to heaven. There's a shining light in all of us. Go home and hug yourself and kiss your dog on the mouth. And people are, whoo, that's tremendous. We've just got to be there. I'm preaching, thus saith the Lord. And instead of people joining the church, they're leaving the church. The rest of the crowd says it's all right. All 400 of them say it's okay. Who am I to say it's not okay when all 400 say it's okay? I've had a lot of grief. I've had a lot of pain. I've paid a price. I can save myself some trouble. Nobody's going to get mad. They're all wanting to hear that anyway. You know what else? It could have been a temptation for him just to say, you know what? It's not going to help. I can stand up there and tell them that this is not good, but they're not going to listen to me. The king's already made up his mind. He wants to go. So why don't I just go and step with them and, and not do that? <laughs> I've sat across my office desk with young couples with two or three little children. And you say, look, the road you're going down. You're getting involved in all these worldly activities, and there's nothing wrong with that except you're doing it at the expense of your spiritual life or your family. And it's headed down a road of destruction. They're not going to listen. They've already made. Yeah, it's like premarital counseling. I, I, I just be honest, when you get to be my age, I, it's useless. You get two people in love, they don't care what the preacher said. They don't care what the Bible says. They're going to live on love until they're married. Huh? I mean, maybe I just need to keep my mouth shut. Martin Luther, the great reformer, someone came to him one day and said, Dr. Luther, the whole world is against you. He said, then I'm against the whole world. I won't tell you, folk, uh, we need to be truthful today. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be popular. It's not going to be popular at all. Especially in a society that we have created 
where everybody thinks somebody owes them something. I mean, it's just, what, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? Well, let me give you the second thing. We not only need to be truthful, we need to be faithful. We're not required to save souls. That's not our business. That's way above our pay grade. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's got to convict people. If you're sitting here this morning and you're lost without Jesus, if you think that this preacher's going to be able to help you or this church is going to help you, you're crazy. The only thing that will help you is if the Holy Spirit says, draws you to conviction and you come and be saved. That's what's going to help you. You say, well, I don't, I don't sense the Holy Spirit doing anything. I'll tell you what, I'd be, I'd be praying, dear God, speak to me. Because there is a time, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm going to be truthful. There is a time when you say no, 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 that finally God says, all right, you said no, I give up. You're on your own. You say, well, when is that? We don't know when that is. That's why it's important that when God speaks to you, you answer to God right then. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next week. Do it right then. You be faithful. I'm not, re- let me tell you what else. I'm not required to destroy all the evil in this world. Now, I do think I can speak against it, and I will speak against it. But that's not my ministry to go about and destroy evil. If we're not careful, we can get in a deep depression. No joy whatsoever. You look at the state of the church, and man, 90% of Southern Baptist churches are declining or plateaued. They're going down. I can tell you some of the fastest growing churches in the entire United States are pastored by men that never open their Bibles, never talk about sin, never talk about judgment, never tell anybody how to get saved, never talk about hell, never mention the cross. That's depressing. For me as a pastor, seems to me in America that the inmates have taken over the asylum and they've locked up all the doctors. I'm so sick and tired of hearing what some Hollywood actor has to say about the economy. They're sitting out there filthy rich in a place that needs to be dropped off in the ocean out there called California. And you're going to stand up on television with your millions of dollars and tell me what's wrong with our economy? Well, who, who are you? You're a fake TV person. It discourages me when our world and our news holds up people like that. And I'm looking out here at some people who've lost their jobs who've just taken one day at a time and pressed stone and been faithful and they've been through the storms and they've gone without work and they keep believing God and keep pressing through. And I haven't seen any of y'all camping out on Wall Street in a pup tent. It's disheartening when godless folks are lifted up and it looks like if you're going to stand for truth, you're represented as a right-wing nutcase. I could get distressed by the average church every Sunday morning. I know I don't hit a home run every Sunday, but I do study. I'm trying. The average churches we go to, I'm not preaching to y'all now because you're above average. Amen? Don't, don't, Don't get offended right now. But I tell you, I've been in the churches before where they take that department time for prayer requests. 
and you listen to all those moans and groans and pains and aches and somebody wanting to raise their shirt and show you their scar, my God, you got flashbacks for 10 years after all that mess is over with. You, you don't need, hey, if you're not feeling good, say, hey, I'm not feeling good. Pray for me. I don't need to know every detail about your inner systems. I tell you, it makes me want to close my Bible sometime and go down and get a blue vest and stand at Walmart and say, welcome to Walmart. Welcome to Walmart. Welcome to Walmart. I believe I could do that. I can't save everybody, but I can tell them how to be saved. I can't make people be a disciple. There's some of you, you're up in the air because we're not discipling people. What, what do you want me to do? To choke them around the neck, throw them on the ground, say, you either going to study the Word of God, I'm going to choke you to death. You can't make people be a disciple. You, you can't make people come to a life group. You can't make people tithe. I can't even make people support building for eternity, our children over here. But am I going to quit preaching about it? No, sir. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not tithing, you're robbing God. That's not what I said. That's what the Word of God says. If everybody in this church tithed, we wouldn't need a building for eternity. We'd have all the money we needed. I knew it'd get quiet then. <laughs> I, I think, I think what old, <laughs> I think what old uh, Micaiah is doing here is using a little sarcasm, and uh, the king knew he was using it. Verse fifteen. He came to the king, and the king said unto Micaiah, Shall we go uh, against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, Go. Go on up there and get your brains blowed out. I think that's what he's saying. I think it's some sarcasm here. <laughs> go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. Now the king knows he's doing sarcasm. So he says in verse 16, how many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? He said, okay, you want it, big boy? I'll give it to you. Here it is, verse 17. I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return, every man to his house in peace. He said, you go on up there and you lead that group, but I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get killed. And Israel is not going to have a king. You're going to get killed. Wow. <laughs> so what does he do to the prophet for telling him the truth? I don't have time to read it. Well, I do have time, I guess. He throws him in jail. That's what the man of God gets for telling the truth. He throws him in jail. But before he throws him in jail, if you look down at verse 24, Zedekiah, the son of Chenana, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek. And said, which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? He not only is being mocked, he was struck, and then he's thrown into prison. And then the king tells him in that scripture there, you feed him bread and water till I get back. And old Micaiah says, you boys do whatever you want to do. He ain't coming back. He ain't coming back. Now... I want to tell you how low this 
Ahab is. Look at verse 30. <laughs> the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, now remember Jehoshaphat came down to visit Ahab. And he said, Ahab, my army is your army. My horses are your horses. I'll fight with you. Let's inquire of the Lord. Jehoshaphat's trying to be a, a, a good person in all this. Look at what Ahab said. <laughs> the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and enter into the battle. But you, you put on your robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. Now, what kind of guy is this? They're getting ready to go to battle. You always look to try to kill the king or the head person in charge there. And he said, tell you what I'm going to do, Jehoshaphat. I'm going to disguise myself. But you go ahead and put on your priestly robes and everything, and you be the king up here. Wow. I'm going to tell you, folks, with a friend like that, you don't need any enemies. You don't need any enemies. So they do that. Man, I never will. Listen, you can come against the truth, but I want to tell you something. You listen to me, you can't stop the truth. You can come against it, but you're not going to stop the truth. Many years ago, Brother Mark will be here next Monday night preaching. We would take turns preaching in the nursing homes. And we had this one particular nursing home, Nederland Nursing Home. Keith knows where that is. And it's not there anymore, but it was a pretty rough place. It was a pretty bad place. And we'd go out there, and one week I'd lead music, and Mark would preach, and one week it would flip-flop, you know, and all that. And the people in the, in the kitchen were just rude. I mean, they didn't mind you singing, but when it got time to preach... They'd, I know they did it on purpose. They rattled pans and everything as loud as they could. And, I mean, we, we all knew what was going on. And Brother Mark was preaching there one day, and, man, he got wound up, and they were rattling them pans. And finally this lady reached up there to slam the doors on the kitchen window to keep from hearing Mark. And old Mark hollered out, you can't shut God out of here. Man, that lady let go of them doors and flipped back right there. I want to tell you, you can come against God, but you're not going to beat the truth. If you think you can whip God, you're wrong. You're wrong. Look what happens in verse 34. A certain man drew a bow at a venture. Now, this guy's got armor on. He's disguised. Nobody knows who he is. But a certain man just drew a bow and arrow, shot that arrow up in the air, and smote the king of Israel. Now, not just anywhere, because most of the places it would hit that armor and bounced off. But listen, it, it, it smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Wherefore, he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And he died. And they took him back and buried him. Wow. It's a fulfillment of the word of God. God's word does not come back void. You be truthful. You be faithful. Remember, God's not called you to do results. God has called you to be faithful. And the third thing is this. Be careful. Be careful. Don't, don't put yourself under teachers that don't speak the truth. Don't put your family in a ministry that the Word of God is not taught in small groups and life groups and Bible study times. We're not here just to have a hoopla service. We're here to learn to be soldiers of the Lord. 
Don't, don't put your family through that. It's, it's going to cost you in the end. Be careful. You say, preacher, all I ever watch is Christian television. Oh, that's a red flag going up there like a bullet. Because there's some nuts on television. All in the name of Jesus. I mean, there, there's just some, I, I'm not telling you, I'm not down, I'm not doing anything. I'm just saying, you be careful. I'm not responsible for your family. You are. And if you think you can watch some of these guys <laughs> and it not affects you, it's kind of like you think you can watch pornography and it not affects you. That's not going to happen. Home economic class, true story, and I'm through. There were two critters. They got two critters, a true, true, true case. And uh, one of them got healthy food. One of those critters got broccoli, and carrots, vegetables, fruits, all grain. One of them, though, had coffee and donuts for breakfast, white bread and jelly with peanut butter for lunch, candy in the afternoon, potato chips, and Coca-Cola. Ten days. Ten days. The results show that there was a remarkable difference between the two critters. Less than 14 days from then, that one critter was in ill health, losing their hair, becoming a loner, laid down listless, and soon died. The other one, he's running around excited. He's running around healthy. You see, if you eat the wrong food, I'm talking spiritually now. I'm not talking physically. It works physically too. I can just tell you right now, it works physically. <laughs> Chicken and dumplings do the same thing as Snicker candy bars will do. <laughs> if we as a congregation eat the wrong food, we'll become listless, we'll become irritable, we'll become loners, we'll become lacking in peace. But if we eat the right food, if we eat a diet from the Word of God, we'll have the living water of life, and we'll have the whole Word. That's the kind of church I want to be in. I, I want to be in one that's got the whole Word, that's healthy. I know there are going to always be problems. There will always be problems. But when you have the living Word, you can solve those problems. You can work through those problems. I'm asking you this morning, if you've never come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, none of what I said makes any sense to you today. The first step, you say, well, I don't understand it. You never will understand it. You're not going to understand it. I'll tell you what it is, but you're not going to believe it. But I'll go ahead and tell you the truth. What has got you so term, turmoiled and, and so upset inside is called the Holy Spirit. And he's trying to reach out to you to tell you that there's something in your life that's missing. Because God created every one of us to have the Holy Spirit in us. And if the Holy Spirit's not there, there's a void there. So I want to tell you right now, your first step is to come to Jesus Christ and be saved. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, 
you're probably in good shape if you say that. Because the people who think they do know how to do that are the ones that's trying to work their way to heaven and they're lost. You do that by admitting, I cannot save myself, but I come and I repent of my sins and invite Jesus to take over my life. He'll do it. Maybe you need a church home. I'll tell you, I don't know. If, if there is going on, I do not know about it. I think we've got some of the greatest life group teachers and life groups that there are anywhere in the world who are teaching the Word of God. And uh, I, this is a place where you can plant your family. I can tell you right now, over in Children's Church, if you've got a child over there, they're not just doing games. They're learning about Jesus. Now, they're doing games, too. They do fun stuff, too. Uh, that's why they're over there. They like to run and all, and we like to sit here and soak. So we'll soak in here and we'll let them run in there. Be truthful. Be faithful. And be careful. Father, thank you today for your Holy Spirit in this place. Lord, we just ask you to have your way. Not, not my way, not the church's way, not somebody else's way or idea. But Lord, if you're speaking to people today, would you have your way in their life? Lord, would they come to you and say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus and be saved today. Would they come and say, I need a church home that will, will, will teach me the word of God. And Lord, plant themselves here and not only hear the Word of God, but become doers of the Word of God and workers in the Word of God. Lord, there are others that are just going through storms right now. and Their life is just in turmoil. God, would they come to you who said, cast all your care upon me, for he loves us. Would they come to you who said, come unto me all your labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Lord, just let them come and pray and and get a peace that passeth understanding that only you can give. Would you have your way in this invitation? We'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name for what you're going to do. Amen.